0: shot of winning it beat anybody in the world and I think we we're gonna win next Sunday and on the last play group on this day pressure comes Wilson has to escape Crosby chasing up he's got to get some space and momentum to heave it now he does downfield towards the end zone it is incomplete no flags game over readers win Garrett Wilson came flying over trying to get his hands on it did not and Antonio Pierce is 2-0 as the Raiders head coach. Hello and welcome back to the Jets Lounge Across the Pond podcast I'm your host Gus. Whoa so that's how that one ended oh my goodness. Uh, So I would love to be sitting here with a big smile on my face and saying what a wonderful game that was. We've just played and beaten the Las Vegas Raiders. So I hope this isn't a spoiler for you, which I'm sure it isn't, we lost again. Although if I'm brutally honest, I don't think we lost to the Raiders, but I think we lost to ourselves. So what do I mean by that? If you've seen the game, you'll know what I'm going on about. There's penalties, a lack of discipline. We wrapped up an incredible eight penalties on offense for a total of 83 yards defensively we only had one penalty for 15 which in the grand scheme of things the way uh, that we're playing on defense I think we can let that one off can't we and it was a roughing the passer so yeah hey what's one of those anyway but anyway we've now played 10 games and the total yardage that we've lost on offense is 223 yards for 31 penalties and 25 on the defense for 190 yards so I think you can safely say that the discipline throughout the team, but specifically the offence is not good, but you need to take into consideration games like Kansas City where we've had overzealous um, zebras, the defence got pay- penalised really unfairly. We all know what, what went on there. So I think we can, you can chalk a few of those penalties off as just being not good calls. But at the end of the day, it's not good enough, and both the head coach and the coordinators, offense and defense, they're to blame for this lack of discipline, and it needs to be sorted out. And it's no good the players having players' meetings to sort that kind of stuff out. This should be coming from the coaching staff. It should never have got to this. But it is, and it is what it is. But when you're playing this badly on on offense, to shoot yourself in the foot countless times. For me, and many other people, fans, it's just inexcusable and normally reliable players on the team are also getting infected now with bad play. I think I counted two drops in that last game that Garrett Wilson had that he usually would catch with his eyes shut. So when you when your number one wide receiver isn't catching balls in critical situations, it makes those situations even harder when you have other players giving up yardage on ridiculous penalties. Step up CJ Ozama. If Michael Carter can get sent to the bench on a chop block, CJ Uzama needs to go to the bench as well, for what he did and what he negated. And he basically killed a drive and reversed a touchdown. So I can't understand how he was let play the rest of that game anyway, he did play. Another play where a touchdown got wiped out was on the scamper from Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, he stepped out of bounds at the three yard line and the touchdown was ruled out. And that's at the three. So you'd think we'd be able to punch it in from three yards, wouldn't you? No, more penalties, pushback, ending in a field goal. Unbelievable, unbelievable. It's just not good enough and it's totally unacceptable. Oh God. We've now lost two straight games without scoring a touchdown as well. So, you know, it's all adding up. How low is it that we as Jets fans, now, we're just longing for a touchdown? that's all we want just one any more be a bonus but all we want is just a touchdown we can't see a touchdown and all these fans that are going to the games you're still going to the games and fair play to you for going in all this bad weather as well you're tailgating and having fun and that's pretty much all the fun that you're gonna have so fair play anyone that's going to these um, games fair play and fair play to anyone I can't do it but over this side of the pond Who's staying up to God knows what hour in the morning and watching this uh, these games unfold in not a spectacular fashion? But fair play to you if you're staying up and watching the late ones. Unfortunately, I can't watch live. I would watch them live, but as I say, I work early. I don't want to get on any one player or unit on this game, as once again it was a collective loss. Ironically, one of the bright spots in this game was Zach Wilson who looks like a player reborn. he's got that hunger and that fight in his eyes that we didn't see last year, but he's growing up before our eyes. Right now, he is nothing more than a mediocre QB2. And we know that he shouldn't even be a QB2. So for him to actually be a mediocre QB2, that's pretty good. So if we call him what he should be, QB3, and now he's not a mediocre QB3, He's a very good QB3. So see where I'm going with that. But if he continues this recovery, and let's call it what it is, it's miraculous. He could well be on his way to being a legitimate starter. Not too many people say that yet, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think he could be a legitimate starter. Once Aaron Rodgers hangs up his cleats, should he choose to do so after next season? But I'm not taking anything for granted. Who knows? Zach Wilson might be off the team next year. He might be traded. Who knows? You just don't know. Um, his contract needs to be picked up. So don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of water that needs to pass under that bridge. But what I'm saying is, I think it would be incredibly bad if the Jets did trade Zach Wilson or let him leave the team, particularly in the direction that he's trending right now, and that's up. He's had a couple of mishaps in games but generally he's trending up and I personally would love him to stay and I would personally like to see him continually get developed until I think he is the player that I think he can be. And right at this moment in time, who knows what his ceiling is. His, originally when he came out uh, of the draft, his ceiling was unbelievable. People were comparing him to uh, Patton Holmes which just seemed incredible now and there are elements of his game that are like that and there are elements of his games that are like aaron Rodgers. but um right now you can't really think that way and just hope that he just continually keeps betting getting better every game anyway on the pat mcafee show this week aaron Rodgers reiterated that he will be back this season but he stopped short of saying he'll be back playing but he will be back at the facility and by that, he means florin Park, and I guess training with the team. Hopefully, he'll be wearing two red shirts, just in case. You <laughs> never know. I worry about that stuff. So, getting back to Zach. In this game, he went, he did well. He went 23 for 39 and 263 yards. Another 34 yards, and I would have won some money on that, but again, I keep losing money on these games. Not a lot, but I'm losing money. I hope, hope anyone else is getting money, not losing it like I am. That was like a ship of a hole in. But unlike previous weeks, this week, he threw an interception and again, no touchdowns, which is a shame, because I think he deserved um, to get a touchdown, but he didn't. Although I must say, it wasn't for want of trying, he really did play quite well. And I have a hard time in allocating the interception as being his fault as well on the play that led to the interception. He went through his reads, but he locked on, that's a mistake, to Alan Lazard. So he's done that before, and every now and again he continues to do this, but it's getting better. But anyway, he locked on to Alan Lazard, who, it has to be said, was fairly lazy in coming back to the ball. He was either not expecting it, or, as I reckon, he just didn't break back to the ball in time. But had Zach looked to his right, he would have seen a wide-open Bruce Hall in flats, um, who most likely would have taken it to the house because he had a fair bit of real estate in front of him. But Zach is still not quite there yet, but unbelievably unrecognisable from last year. And I think it's fair to say that most fans, other than the absolute haters that are just not going to change their mind at all, can see the improvement and the strides that he's made. Who would have thought that after four snaps of Aaron Rodgers, we would be saying this about the kid, who, let's face it, Had the most extremely rocky road in his professional career with the Jets. And the Jets fan base, of course. But you have to hand it to him now. How he's matured, how he's responded, and he's just got on with the job. Once again, Brees Hall, surprisingly, had a pretty lacklustre performance. Actually running the ball. And finished with 28 yards of 13 carries which if you want to know, it's an average of 2.15 per carry, which once again, it is quite shocking because we know what Bruce Hall is. He's a home run threat every time he touches the ball. But let's not just jump to conclusions and blame him or the offensive line, which is the popular line at the moment. You could also be excused for not blaming Hackett either. It's got to the point now where defences see Bruce Hall lining up in the backfield and automatically think run play, which usually it is. And then on third down, he comes off, and Michael Carter has been coming on in his place. So the defence go, hey, it's pass play. (laughs) Get my drift. So it's it's not rocket science. I think I could defend against Hackett's offence. So the box is stacked nearly every time he touches the ball. But you would think the same thing would be happening for Dalvin Cook as well. But weirdly, it isn't, and I'm not quite sure why. Cook had four carries for 26 yards, so that's an average of 6.5 yards per carry. Anything over four yards a carry is pretty good. Four yards a carry is pretty good. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there and why that should be. I'd love somebody to tell me, Uh, but Brees is certainly getting a reputation, and rightly so, for being a home run hitter. However, he did catch three passes for 47 yards with no drops which begs the question why are you taking him off on third down if he can catch the ball and he's that good on third down maybe not put him in on first down put him in on second down and keeping him on third down mix it up a little bit but first down second down Bruce Hall is on we're running the ball two yards three yards two yards one yard two yards three yards five yards get the picture so defenses are keying in on that and you got to stop it. you got to mix it up. This is so predictable. So, a player I've just mentioned, Michael Carter, he did not have a good game again. He had zero carries and one target, which he dropped. And for me, looking at it, and I've looked at it a few times now, I don't think he ran a good route, and he had for what I would call lazy hands. They were late up. The ball was in, delivered perfectly, but um, he didn't bring his hands up in time, and I think it um, bounced off his uh, chest anyway he could, sh- could and should have done better shortly after he was uh, benched after costing the team yet another stupid penalty with a chop block uh, he rode the bench for the rest of the game and in my opinion rightly so you cannot be doing that and not only that it's a dangerous thing to do and you can really seriously hurt a player I don't care who it is our players or their players you just shouldn't be doing that player he should have been sat next to is CJ Uzama. I'm mentioning him again. I don't re- hate singling out players, but when they're this bad, he had a diabolical game as well. And I hope against the Bills uh, next game he has a very much reduced role or not even at all because we've got Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Rucker who are play, both playing reasonably well. The short times that um, Jeremy Rucker is on the field, he's blocking exceptionally well and when he's asked to catch the ball he's doing it so I keep banging on about this every podcast so I'm really sorry but he should be pressing bird tight end one although as I said Conklin has a, had a pretty good game but just getting back to Michael Carter for a second before this season I thought that he might have been traded and I've mentioned it in my podcast before and when you get to my age you start going more with your gut feelings and you should see the size of it rather than the actual facts, but the facts were that he was very vocal in the Elijah Moore fiasco and publicly backed him on social media and in interviews and all the rest of it. It wasn't a good look. And then we saw him mouthing off against Taylor Embry, the running backs coach on the sideline. Again, not a good look. And I think the writing's been on the wall uh, for a while anyway, since the Elijah Moore spat his dummy out. But as one door closes, another one opens. Enter Israel Izzy Akinbanda. Now, many Jets fans have been clamouring for weeks to give Izzy a shot, particularly with Dalvin Cook struggling. By the way, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Cook and believe he's now coming back to full fitness. Remember, this player did not have a training camp or a pre-season, so he's always been playing from behind. He's been playing catch-up. And having that injury and that surgery you absolutely need that extra time to recover and the two week bye helped us a lot as i predicted it would do and i we're seeing the benefits of that the first spark i saw um was against the eagles i thought ah he's actually doing something there it wasn't much but it was something i like what i'm seeing from cook i think from now on you are going to see a different dalvin cook it's great i'm starting to see a little bit more support on Twitter now which is absolutely great people seem to be off his back a little bit um, and I also think it, it sticks out a little bit more because Brees is struggling so much but as I said before you need to be mixing these downs up with different players I think you could possibly put Dalvin Cook in the first down and put Brees in on second down it mix it up you've got two guys that can carry the rock you've got two guys that can punch it in and as I say Dalvin Cook he's not there yet but he's getting there and it, this can only help Brees as well. A good, strong Dalvin Cook, even 80% is going to help Brees and then again, I'll keep banging this drum. Got to mix up the player personnel with the different downs. I've mentioned earlier one about Garrett Wilson having two drops. Let's leave that one there. The guy is an absolute stud and will most likely finish the season going to the pro Bowl minimum. Could it even be an all-pro? He had 14 targets with nine receptions for 93 yards. I'm really gutted that he didn't get the 100 again, Um, but equally impressive, Tyler Conklin had seven receptions on seven targets for 70 yards. Another notable was Xavier Gibson. He got three targets, but he got one reception for 24 yards. But just remember that these stats are quite misleading though. As remember, a a lot of these plays that players made plays on, they got overturned by those ridiculous penalties and lack of discipline. Once again, what can you say about this defense? That makes watching these games a little bit easier, doesn't it? The defense did its thing like it usually does, but on occasion, it still struggled to contain the run. And Josh Jacobs was looking mightily dangerous at times, but they got to the rookie quarterback, Aidan O'Connell, who I have to say, looks quite impressive. Uh, he was often um, pressured um, with heaps of pressures in sacks. Uh, notably, John Franklin Myers and Solomon Thomas, they both got a sack each, with Jermaine Johnson and Quinn and Williams getting half a sack each. But I think it's more to do with the pressures. And I can't remember, remember me for the life of me. I just was trying to remember then how many pressures they had. But the Jets are one of the top teams in pressures. Jordan Whitehead, he snagged his fourth interception of the season. Who saw this guy coming? wow he's the light's gone on but anyway he took it for six yards it seemed like about 15 minutes with the amount of time that passed as he darted backwards and forwards and sideways trying to make a bigger return I was like oh my god just go down because I know what's going to happen here. the ball's going to pop out it's when he's jigging and juking anyway he got it and he did well Jamie and Sherwood he also had a decent game with um one pass deflected and one uh Force fumble he also had three tackles and two assists so he's coming along nicely because remember who's in front of him cj mosley and quincy williams Uh, the top tackle of the day was again the evergreen cj mosley he had five tackles and nine assists the other brother quincy williams the bruise brothers he managed three tackles and three assists with one tackle for a loss so a quiet day for him but still productive day for him anyway so all three of those middle linebackers were putting in a shift, and they did well. Overall, you cannot really fault the defence. They are putting in a shift every game, and I'm sure it's, it's starting to tire them out a little bit. So I think there are lapses in the defence every now and again, but they're on the field a lot. Although, having said that, I think the um, time of possession was fairly equal that last game. But over the course of this season, they've had a rough start to it. So anyway, special teams, how can we not mention them? (laughs) Greg, the leg, Zerline, went for four and he wrapped up the points. Sorry, he was four for four. He wrapped up the only points we got, 12. The longest being a big boot of 53 yards. And he's having an amazing season. Once again, it seems like a lifetime ago where we just could not find a kicker. Do you remember that? We just couldn't get a kicker. We were on about bringing guys in on YouTube because they were nailing it from the next postcode, zip code, as you say. Another an absolute legend, got to be mentioned every week. This guy's just nailing it, Thomas Morstead. And of course, we, we need to remember Thomas Hennessy as well, the two Thomases. Thomas Hennessy goes to the Pro Bowl religiously one of the greatest long snappers in the league and has been doing it for years but anyway uh, Tommy Morstead he punted five times but this time only managed the longest only 62 yards but none of them were inside the 20 although a couple of those were down on the punt coverage team not being able to field them inside the 10 as they got blocked off from doing it but the ball eventually rolling into the end zone for a touchback he still played very well though In other news, as I've already mentioned, Michael Carter was put on waivers. And as yet, I'm unsure whether he went to claims, he's been claimed or not. Otherwise, he could end up on the practice squad. I fully expect him to be on another team soon, though. But please don't go to the Patriots, because this is what normally happens. Uh, But anyway, he was not the only player that the green and white let go. Unfortunately, Mr. Chakouteri, Tanzel's smart and fan favourite, was once again waived. This guy must be going for a world record in getting waved by the same team. He must be getting seasick. He's been so waved so often. Anyway, I'm not really sure why, as we had space on the 53. But there we go. Uh, we did sign a new offensive lineman in Austin Deculus. Austin is a six foot five, 321 pound right tackle. He is a load. He was originally drafted by the Texans in the sixth round in 22. We seem to be making a habit of picking up players from that draft. (laughs) See what's going on here. It was a good round. It was a good draft. He only played in five games last season and the first seven of the season and then started in week four. But since then, he's been surplus to requirements. But don't think this is just a camp camp body type. Just have a walk over to the Texans and see what they're doing over there. They are slowly building a pretty good team it will be interesting to see what Austin Deculus will actually bring to the Jets. As long as he doesn't, as long as he can keep Saffold from not making the team, because I do not want him anywhere near the starting lineup and uh, the turnstile as well. I don't want either of those guys playing. But uh, talking O-line, Max Mitchell is playing right tackle at the moment, and he seems to be locking down that spot, which is good to see. And my buddy um, from the Hippodrome, Al, I'm sure he's loving this, as Max Mitchell's one of his favorite players, and I'm sure Max Mitchell is gaining a new fan base as he's getting better and better, and fair play to him as well. But I also have to mention this as well. When we played the Giants, an unknown player came in called, and he was off the street, Xavier Newman. And he played out of position. He'd never played before, center, and he did it, and he did it well. And he was pretty good, to be perfectly honest. And all things considered, he then started at right guard, his preferred position against the Raiders. And in, my, in my opinion, I think he did okay. Also promoted to the obviously he's promoted to the O line. He started, which is a really great thing to see. Another person that got promoted was Malik Taylor, that same guy that caught that uh, was it a forty-three pass in preseason, the one that Rogers dialed in for, for Zach Wilson. He slowly seems to be building up quite a rapport with Zach Wilson. They did well in pre-season and all that. But oddly, the darling of training camp, Jason Brownlee, is still yet to make an appearance in the Active 53. It's weird. The fans are clamouring to see him get some time, but I think we'll have to wait just maybe a little bit longer. But one person who has gotten the nod now with the absence of Michael Carter, I mentioned him before, is Ibanicanda. So the younger players are starting to filter through, thankfully. There was an article in the Daily News and on ESPN by our good old buddy, Rich Samini. Now, I love old Rich, really. I really do. I think he, honestly, he gets a lot of bad press that he's a great guy. And yeah, every now and again, he writes something controversial. Every now and again, he does like stirring the pot a little, little bit. I think we'll all agree. And it seems to suggest that Michael Carter got waived after the players held their team meeting, which they did. But the insinuation, unfairly in my opinion, was that it was the players that forced him out. Mm. Now we all know as Jets fans how popular Michael Carter is in the team and in the locker room. So don't believe for a minute that this is true. And players like Mekki Beckton took to social media to say how, how upset they were with Carter's departure. And I'm sure all the players felt the same way as an extremely likeable person. Who can forget him in hard knocks and and one jet stride? All those little jokes he comes out with. He's always smiling. Great guy. And I'm sure, like everyone, we'll wish him well in his future in the NFL. Because he has won. Because he can do well. But uh, maybe it's just not here yet. But who knows? He might be back on our practice squad if no one picks him up. But I don't expect him to clear waivers. So going into week 11... The AFC East looks like this Miami Dolphins are unfortunately at the top of the table with a six and three record. But right behind them, the Buffalo Bills are at five and five. And then it's us, the Jets, with a four and five and propping up the table, two and eight Patriots. So Miami lose to the Raiders, which could very well happen because they seem to be losing to bad, sorry, good teams they've beaten bad teams but they've been losing to good teams i think that the raiders with the new coaching setup are riding a crest of the wave at the moment so it could go either way but um they're not doing too bad the raiders i think i think it's a bad time to be playing them Uh, we we've we've lost to them the giants have lost to them back to back new york teams so let's make it a triple Lost with her uh, to Miami, it could very well happen, um, but anyway, they would go six and four if we beat the Bills, and they would go to five and six with us going to five and five. And as I'm recording this, um, I'm just seeing that Tanzel Smart is now back with the Jets, so he's back with his sea legs again, <laughs> he's on the practice squad. But unfortunately, it was at a cost. Uh, Craig James, who played so heroically against the Eagles, he's now been released but um, I think he's done himself a lot of favours in that Eagles game, so I would expect him to get picked up quite soon. It's a shame that he's going to leave us, but um, I cannot believe how well he played that game. Nobody can, but hey, all the best, Craig James. Also back on the practice team is Kenny Yaboa. He had great chemistry in pre-season with Zach, and I can't help but think if he was playing in the active roster, he would make a difference. But he's a fringe player and they rarely get looks, which is quite sad, I think, because I think we have got the talent there. And again, if it was up to me, I would have Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Ruckett and Kenny Yaboa playing. But that might be something that happens next year. Who knows? So, for all the Jets fans that are in the UK and Ireland, once again, we have a late game. Yay! I have to say I'm getting pretty sick of this. As many of us um, on Monday morning have an early start. So many stay up to watch this and it hasn't been pretty of light, which makes it even harder to stomach. So we play at 9.25 on Sunday night here in the UK. So if you have got an early start, have a power nap for an hour, an hour or so before the game. I think I might be myself. So the Buffalo Bills, they're not having things easy either. And after firing their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, things are look a bit rocky there. So this is Possibly going to be a good time to be playing. Still, I'm still not quite sure who the OC is going to be. Whether it's someone filling or they've got someone in, don't know just yet. But um, after the loss to the Denver Broncos, uh, many will see this as a scapegoat sacking. Mm. But uh, the Buffalo Bills was ranked in the top ten, and what Jets fan wasn't wouldn't give to have play calling like that. At top ten, I think they're actually ranked sixth um, because as we all know what we have now is is not very good um anyway i was going to say something else then, but i think i'll leave that <laughs> however it's rumored that somebody else may be taking over play calling duties uh, for us which absolutely needs to happen hackett is not a play caller i don't know who would be our new play caller whether we get somebody in whether it's aaron rogers but um We need a new play caller because Hackett just cannot call plays. Another player, getting back to Buffalo, another player that seems to be unhappy in Buffalo is Stefan Diggs who put up a cryptic tweet after the loss to Denver. But I guess that's what these players are doing all these days and we should take it with a pinch of salt. Don't think Stefan Diggs is uh, not gonna be not interested in playing against us on um, Sunday. have to say i'm licking my lips again with the prospect of josh allen once again eating a huge mouth of kryptonite that is the new york jets when lining up opposite our defense they live rent free in his head i reckon and i'm expecting him to make a lot of mistakes aka game one and we saw it last year as well josh allen does not like playing against the jets defense jermaine johnson Loves Josh Allen, as we all know. So does Jordan Whitehead, to name a few defensive players that are licking their chops. Can't wait. This is going to be a good game. But anyway, currently, Josh Allen is doing all right. There's people that are not a fan of his. But I think he's okay. I wish he would stop running the ball because I reckon he's going to end up with a serious injury one day. But anyway, he's uh, connected 246 times out of 350 attempts and he's just clicked over 2,600 yards with 19 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Not a bad ratio. It's the kind of ratio apart from the interceptions that Zach Wilson should have though. But Zach is closing in on 2,000 yards, believe it or not. But he sits at currently uh, 1,863. He's got five touchdowns as we all know and six interceptions as we all know. Could this be the game where he boosts that touchdown column? Hmm. As I'm recording this, um, Micah Hyde and Christian Benford, both in the Bills' secondary, um, they're listed as questionable, but I expect a full Buffalo Bills' secondary to be available. So maybe Zach gets an interception or. It, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. For the Jets at the moment, um, Billy Turner, thank God, is still questionable, but um, Chaz Surratt and Will McDonald and Sam Evie... Can never pronounce his name. Egwervine are all st- still listed as questionable at the moment, but I think um, Chaz Sarat might possibly be fit to play. Coming off that loss to Denver, the Bills 24 to 22. It's going to be a good time to play Buffalo, as they'll still be licking their wounds. And Jets really need to capitalize on this. I'm sure an hour before kickoff that the NFL network will have all the analysts picking Buffalo for the win. And probably they have every right to think that. Even the ESPN match predictor has Buffalo being a 79% chance to beat the Jets. And why wouldn't they think that? Quite honestly, we haven't shown enough. We can't score touchdowns. But I will remind you that the Raiders, although they won that game, we handed it to them. Cut out the mistakes and the penalties, catch the damn ball, and we'll win this game and we will sweep the bills. Yes, I'm predicting that we sweep the bills. So now with that prediction that we sweep the bills, it's prediction time. I'm predicting another low scoring game. I think it's gonna be under 30 points-ish. I've got the Jets scoring 17 to 15, and yes, Zach Wilson will boost his touchdown tally this game. Mark it down, Jets fans. Anyway, that's all for this episode this week. Remember, whatever happens, we're all Jets fans that want the best for our team. So let's all pull together as a team of fans for our beloved Jets. I'll be back with the Jets Lounge Across the Pond Twitter Spaces with Timmy, aka Irish Jet next Friday at 7pm UK time and 2pm USA Time next week. Uh, That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to the Jets Lounge Across the Pond podcast. And if you like what you're listening to, please leave a five-star review because it all helps make the show more visible and that's a good thing. Well, for me it is anyway. I always appreciate it. Just one last thing. As always, Go Jets! gas, no brake.